Today's episode is with a very special guest who does high-end branding and website. But even if you're not one of those service providers, you're going to want to stay tuned because we dig into some fun topics that are going to help you scale your business. Let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hello, Serve Scale Soar family. Oh my goodness, I am so stinking excited because today I have my special friend Karima on here, and she is the beautiful mastermind behind all of our new branding, our new podcast, our, our new website, all the cool graphics that have been coming out. And it was such an amazing experience to work with her. And I wanted to get her on here to share how she charges. A higher rate, how she's able to one, bring people's ideas into this beautiful reality and attract her ideal client. So Karima, I'm super excited to have you on here and just chat today about that and who you are as a person. So tell my audience who you are as a person and then a little bit about your business. Yeah. So I am so, so excited to be on here too. I'm Karima. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I um, obviously do brand and web design, but also I am a Dalmatian mother of two two noisy Dalmatians that I'm hoping don't bark during this episode. But yeah, I'm just you know someone who I think like everyone else started this business to be able to just have a little bit more freedom and kind of live the life that I I wanted to without being stuck in a corporate role. I'd actually started like you know in the corporate world as a writer, and I got fired from my first job. I was making like thirty thousand dollars a year, barely able to even pay my rent in the city I'd had to move for, and so I just decided you know I was going to start designing resumes out of coffee shops and was charging like. $25 for, you know, 2 hours of work on a resume and just really trying to do anything I could to be able to just make extra money and be able to have the freedom of not being just some, you know, what I called like a worker bee for, you know, men in the corporate world my whole life. So, yeah, that's where I'm at today. I've been doing it full-time for like 3 years and just live in a cute little downtown apartment with my pups. <laughs> I love this. And so this is so interesting that you started out as writing resumes. So tell me, what were you doing with the resume? I've actually never had a resume. So like when you say <laughs> that's like, problem were you, to have. Were yeah. you like writing resumes? Were you making them beautiful? Like what did that even look like? Yeah. So I actually, my job had started off as a writer. So I kind of did a little bit of both because I had like a journalism background. So I'd help people edit them and design them. Um, I was in a position where I just graduated college. So I was like, well, you know what? Like everyone needs a job. So I would just sit in coffee shops and work for hours for literally pennies. But yeah, so I kind of did a little bit of both, but mostly designing. And that's kind of how I started into the design world because I didn't even have a formal background or any real experience as a designer. Um, and I would play around in Canva on resumes and things like that. And it kind of took off from there. Okay. So I love this because so many people think that they have to have a degree. They have to have some kind of training background certificate in order to come into the online space and provide that service. And I've always been very big. Like you don't need a formal education. You do not need certification. All you need to know is like how to get clients and how to market your services. 
So what gave you the confidence to go from like journalism to then designing these beautiful websites and brands for clients without any of that formal background? Yeah, I think that I just realized that basically everything can be learned, right? Like I would look at just anything people did, regardless of what it was as a career, and just be like, if I wanted to, I could learn that. And I think that's the beauty of like this the world we're in now, where you know, there is so much like education online and there are so many people who have done it without that formal training. And it's funny because when I actually started really designing, I would talk to designers and they were like, yeah, basically I had to just unlearn everything I learned in school, you know, because the things that you learn in school as any sort of skill or creative or anything like that are not always the things that are like the most up to date. Even thinking like, I think about it all the time, like marketing and everything, like how people will teach by a textbook for marketing when by that time that textbook's out, it's probably completely like everything and it's old. And so I think about that kind of stuff all the time. So I just realized that, you know, like I had the skill set to do it. And at the end of the day, like having the integrity to know that I was doing my clients like a service by being able to design what they wanted. And I was actually sitting there and just taking in all of the free resources I could. Like, I mean, I was reading blogs, I was listening to podcasts, I was doing everything to invest in like my own education from other entrepreneurs in the online space. And there's so much out there that is free, you know, like at our fingertips, like this podcast, like there are so many like mini courses and, you know, free resources. And so I just fully like indulged in those and knew that I was still being educated, even if it wasn't like a formal space or a formal degree. I love that. And it's so funny that you talk about how it's out. Sometimes we have to unlearn because I've actually had this conversation lately with a lot of people where one of my good friends is a stylist. And she was saying, actually, the stylists who are coming out of school are like the worst stylists because they're learning from people who haven't actually styled someone in so long. And they're just teaching like traditional styling where once you get out in the real world, that's not how people want to dress. That's not like what the experience is, a lot of virtual now. And then with the marketing, we had up a marketing plan done by the top college students at our college that we went to for a brewery. And my brother gets it. He's a financial guy. So he's, of course, looking at all the money. And then, of course, I go straight to the marketing plan. And I was like, this is the worst marketing plan I've ever seen. And they got an A. They were like the top students, but they wanted to spend all their marketing budget on billboards for a brewery. And I was like, this is what they're teaching them. Like, there was no money spent on ads, on social media ads, or anything like that, or swag. And it's so funny that you bring that up because it's so true. When we have this formal education, sometimes it's harder to actually transition to an online service provider because you do have to unlearn so much. And so I think that's a great point for everyone listening. It's like that stuff doesn't really matter if your clients aren't happy with what you're producing. And so Karima, you are amazing at making people happy at the work that you produce. So what are some tips that you've really picked up and that you run with when it comes to your client experience? Yeah, I think that a few, you know, a few things that I always go by is one that like it doesn't have to be 
overcomplicated is the first thing, you know, like I, I'm a big fan of like simplicity and just keeping things easy. And I think in the online space, so many people want to like act like having a good client experience and having systems in place and things like that have to be these like overly complicated things, you know, like there's so much noise out there and there's so many things that we're constantly hearing that we like should be doing or that we could be doing. And I'm just a big fan of just doing what is actually working, you know? And so instead, Instead of trying to do all of these like crazy complicated things, like for example, when I first started, I wanted to like have a killer client experience, right? And it's funny because I tried so hard to do it in like almost like a formal way that was like by the book of what I thought I should be doing, that I was losing like the human aspect, which I think is what actually matters, you know, it's just actually caring about the projects I'm doing because I was so like formal and scripted and by the book. And I would send people. Oh my gosh, I would spend like two hours creating these PDFs that was like, here's like a homework checklist and here's what I need from you. And hey, here's who I am and all of these beautiful PDFs and pricing guides. But like that stuff, like, of course, some of it's nice to have, you know, when you're onboarding, offboarding, whatever. But like people would message me the day before their projects and be like, hey, what do I need from you? And I'd be like, did you not look at that beautiful PDF I sent you that took me my whole life to create? And I would just get so frustrated. And then I realized that that really wasn't like serving me or them. And so I really had to look at who I was working with. And I work with a lot of people who are like you, like they're busy moms, you know, like they don't have time to read through super long emails or go through all of these PDFs. Like they care about their businesses. They run like, you know, incredibly successful businesses. And with that, like they hire people they trust and they just need to know, you know, exactly what is needed from them, like bullet point list. And so just getting to know, like, who I even was really working with and how I could serve them and show up for them best. And even ways of being flexible, like, hey, you know what? Like, let's voice memo instead of hopping on phone calls because your kids are home with you. You know, like send me a couple boxers instead, or let's avoid having to get on all of these like 90-minute Zoom trainings. Like I can send you a loom video showing you how so you can actually rewatch it or share it with, you know, your your assistant or your team or whatever that looks like. And just having the permission to do those things that were maybe a little different, I think like really helped people. And those are the things that like I get complimented on, you know, now. And it's because like, I think so many people, again, just feel like they should be doing these things like, oh, let's have this training call. Let's do this. If you hop on like a 90 minute Zoom training call with a web designer, you're going to remember none of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no need for that. And I'm a big fan of like, not having phone calls that could be emails and just really making sure that I am fully understanding that I'm also working with busy people and making sure that I can like keep it as easy and as fun for them. So I think just really going to the core and just thinking like, you don't have to be doing things just because you feel like you should be doing them or because you did it in a corporate role or because someone else is running their business that way. Like you can do what really feels good for you and even tapping into your own energy. Like what lights you up? What drains you? Like calls and the back and forth and things like that really drain me. And so figuring out ways that I could still show up in a good way, like energetically, which again, voice memos, loom videos, things like that, like are serving me and my clients better and giving them a better experience because like, it's just the energy behind it, you know? I love this. And I always say, keep it simple, sweetie, like kiss, keep it simple, sweetie. And I love the simplicity that you brought. And one of the things that we did last year was we transitioned away from promoting Dubsado to HoneyBook for the simple fact of simplicity. 
But one thing, you were one of the service providers I worked with, and then there was two others where they were using HoneyBook, and it was such an amazing experience from the client's standpoint, especially when you're working with multiple service providers that are all using HoneyBook and you're not trying to find your Dubsado portal or anything like that. It's all held within one place. And so the overall experience is really great with HoneyBook and you use HoneyBook. And one thing that you said is like, don't do it the way other people do it. Do it the way that feels right to you. And it was so funny because Karima said, we're going to have a call and there was no Zoom link. And I was like, wait, where am I supposed to be meeting? And then you called my number. And I was like, I had a, like a small freak out. I was like, she's calling me on my cell phone. Like, am I, like, how do you even have a phone call? And it was so funny because it was like, we get in our mind that it has to be over Zoom because that's what everyone does. But then like after our phone call, I was like, oh... I really like that. Like, I didn't have to like get ready. I didn't have to make sure everything looked good. Like, it was so casual. And then we did all of our calls pretty much, I think, all of them over phone. And they were so much quicker. I enjoyed the process, but I did like have a small freak out in the beginning when you were calling me. But I love that that worked for you. So you ran with that. And if phone calls work better for you and you're listening to this, like, don't be afraid of them. It did, like, I would say, like, let people know. And that was totally on my part because I was in the brain set of like, everyone holds Zoom calls. And so, but it did, it created a really like different experience, but it was enjoyable. So, um, have you ever had anyone that's like, wait, we're doing this on the phone? Yes. No, for sure. And I think, and that's one of the things that like, when I was just saying, like looking into what drains me. So I think that like zoom calls just absolutely drain me. And it's because I have, again, like two dogs who just are so high energy. And so during the day, just depending on the day, like right now it's raining outside. So they're being like literal psychopaths. And sometimes that would happen. And so it would just be so overwhelming on like zoom calls. And I used to do them. And I also realized that on zoom calls, a lot of times people would want to go like through their site. And I would just be sitting there like trying to keep up with notes. And then I would be taking notes of like edits or revisions or ideas and they would get lost. Right. Because I'm trying to have a conversation while also trying to like keep up with this and make these things in live time. And it could just get so overwhelming. And so now what I like to do, and I actually have like there's an app that's called like tape recorder. And it's actually what I used to do when I had like my journalism career. And so you can actually just record phone calls if you need to and go back and listen to them if there are notes. But I realized that like, I am in such a better headspace creatively if I'm like outside or on a walk. So I like to like take my AirPods. I like to go outside and like walk my dogs or just walk around the block when I'm on calls because that's when like my ideas are flowing. So I'd find if I hop on calls that way that it's like better served and then I can, you know, re-listen to them if I need to record them. Um, And then I always, you know, send a follow-up email and let people know like, hey, if you have any ideas, like send me a Loom video because I'm super organized on my own end, but not necessarily like I always tell people, you know, organization is not my strong suit when it comes to like all of the moving pieces. So whenever I have like a loom video, I can be like, okay, let me go back and watch this and take notes from this and all of that. So I definitely have had people who are like, wait a second, like, are we not doing a zoom call? Like, do we need to do a zoom call? But I've also found that a lot of people really kind of like, like the ability to just do a phone call. But I have actually changed even in my inquiry form where people can choose a zoom call or a regular call. And it's interesting because I find that probably like 
85, 90% of people choose a regular call because of that same reason. Like there's no pressure to, you know, like make sure your kids are away or make sure that you are dressed up or that your space is clean. Like I think a lot of people, especially when they're like partners and stuff are working from home because of COVID, like it just releases that pressure. I love that so much. And it did. I loved having those. And I remember when I was starting out, I would do some phone calls because I worked with local businesses or because I had a five-month-old baby on me and I didn't necessarily want her on Zoom or if I was like pumping while doing call and stuff like that. So I really, really enjoyed that experience. And I wanted to bring it up because I don't think enough people are like, know that they have this option. Like you have options in your business. So Karima, another thing that I have to ask about is with web designers and branding or any service provider, really, you have an intake form and copywriters and web designers, from my experience, tend to have like the longest intake forms, but I get it. Like you have to have all this information. Facebook ad managers have long intake forms as well. What do you put in place to make sure people are actually getting you their intake forms, filling out everything. But then as a designer, you also have to make sure that you have any photographs that they need and copy and all that. What are some systems you have in place to make sure all that stuff is given to you on time so you can finish your job? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think probably service provider is like number one pain point when we're waiting on something, right? And it's just just like anything. It's like we literally can't do our job if we don't have you know, anything. It's like, we'll do the 80%, but you have to do the 20%. And I I talked to so many different service providers, like podcast managers and course creators and all kinds of different people. And this is a hundred percent everyone's biggest pain point. And this is something I'm actually like revamping right now with someone specifically who like specializes in systems. And basically I have added like a rescheduling fee. So I send over a questionnaire and it, I tell them on the initial call, like, I need copy, I need photos, I need these things to like do my job. Like, if you want me to use placeholder copy, placeholder photos, that's fine. Like, I can do that. But at the end of the day, like, copy influences design so much that I truly think that it's really important to have that done first. But I mean, again, if people are like, I just want to go in and fill it in, I'm like, that's fine. But you know, that's still going to count with like the regular revisions moving forward. Like if you get your copy done a year later, I'm not going to go in and, you know, change that for you. Like we're going to still stick to the contract. But I found that doing like a rescheduling fee um, has been incredible. And I actually took that from a service provider I worked with because it held me accountable. She gave me a lot of homework and I was honestly a little like overwhelmed by it, but it was, it, it needed to be done, right? It stuff that she couldn't make up for me. It was like my packages and revamping copy and things like that, that she needed. And so I remember just wanting to put it off because a lot of times like our own businesses are the things that get pushed to the bottom of the list when we're serving our clients. And I realized that in her contract, it was like, if you don't have this stuff done by our strategy call, then there's a $500 rescheduling fee. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, I'm already paying you so much. Like the last thing I want to do is just be lazy and have to pay another $500. And so it really held me accountable. So I've started doing that. And I've also added like a no pause clause to my contract, which is basically like, you know, if you want to pause the project, like, you either have to do a rescheduling fee or you get one time where you can be pushed back to the client, you know, 
like booking wait list, whatever that is. If it's like two months out, one month out, like I can restart your project then one time you get like a grace time. Other than that, like you're going to have to be rescheduled. And I, I just think about it like any, you know, service in real life when I'm thinking about like work as a service provider, I think about like real businesses because I think it's so easy to take things personal when we're in this space and like want to always be flexible and do all of these things. But like, we have to treat our business as a business. And if you, you know, book a massage appointment and don't show up the day of, like you get charged. Like I made an OBGYN appointment the other day and forgot about it. And I got charged. Like that's how businesses run. And that I think is like a respectable thing to think about when you are running a business is just that like, what would this other business do? Like if someone sends you an email at 11 PM, I always think about it. Like, you know, if your favorite restaurant closes, would you expect them to reopen at midnight for you because you're craving something? Absolutely not. That's insane. Like you have to think about it in that way. So anyway, I know I went off the initial point, but just really making sure that there are like boundaries set in and that they know clearly like what is needed of them. And if they don't have that stuff, I tell them, you know what, like maybe we should book your project out more. So you have time to get it because like, I can't be someone who, who can work without that, you know? I love this. And I love the no pause clause and the fee for not getting you things on time. One thing as an ad manager that I always did was until I get your intake form, I can't get started. So like we would have clients that would go their whole month and never get me the intake form. And I would follow up and they're paying me thousands of dollars to do nothing. And that was in their contract until I get this, I can't start my work, but you still have to pay. And we were on three month contracts. So then they're just wasting time. And then after that first month, you better believe they always got me the one before they paid again. And so I think that having things like that in place, but also this brings up a good point where you were talking about like, you still get charged if you don't show up. And this comes up to like also making sure I know we do this. And I actually want to talk about this because you do payment plans. And so like so many people think that they shouldn't get paid till after they do the work. And as service providers, we need to get paid up front. And that's so important. And then with that, I always got paid up front, but you do payment plans. So tell me about these payment plans. Have you ever had anyone default on them? Um, How are these structured? Yeah. So I found that like I was losing people because I mean, it is an investment, right? And people would just be like, I don't have that right now. Like, and I would also realize when I used to do the old model of 50, like upfront 50 at the end, which I think is what a lot of just freelancers and people starting in the space think that they should do that. Like people would just not finish, right? Because people would take their sweet time on their copy or take their sweet time getting photos or whatever that is. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, projects that could have taken six weeks are now taking, you know, six months. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I need to pay my bills. And so I found that when I do a payment plan, it actually works out really, really well. I typically do it where they get to choose between like three months or six months. But I honestly like the six month one a lot because one, I think that it holds them accountable like before their start date, because I usually book out a little bit. So they're getting payment reminders. They're knowing that they're paying for something. They're wanting like being reminded almost that like they need to do the work and that it's an investment. And then also like right after it usually ends up being like they make one or two after the project is ended. And I've honestly never had anyone not pay. And it's been amazing. And I truly think it's because I really do like kind of, I mean, I want to say screen people, but like, I really do 
only work with people I trust. Right. And I tell them that. And I, I'm always like, look, like I, I'm going to work with you and trust that you're going to pay just like you're going to trust that I deliver this product. But if I'm doing a web design or anything, I usually don't transfer ownership over until it's paid. I have in my contract, you know, like you cannot pull out of this for any reason with like, you know, without finishing your payments. Like basically like once you sign the contract, like you have to make the payments. You're not doing, you know, enduring any financial hardship, anything like that, and just making the payment terms really, really clear. And so, yeah, I think it really is just one of those things of of just like really trusting the people that I work with, which I know is, you know, easier said than done and not something you can do in every business. But I just find that it, it's more accessible for people. And I was losing people, you know, for the same amount of projects, like the same, you know, dollar amount at the end of the day, because they couldn't pay it all up front. And I was like, well, I'm going to end up benefiting, you know, if I do this and so will they. So I just tried it out and it's worked really, really well from there. I love that. Uh, And uh, I love that it was automatically drafted. Like I didn't have to think about it. It just like happened in HoneyBook. So also that was really nice that I didn't have actually have to go in and like put down my credit card or anything. And I think that's also probably helps with the payments is that it's just automatically drafted, which was really nice. Yeah. And I want to wrap this up because I know everyone's used to 20 minutes, but this is so good. I have one more question for you because we're kind of like, I don't want to say a love triangle, but like we have a lot of connections. And so we've actually shared a client page and then Erica and has worked with Paige and then Erica did my copy while you were doing the design. So like we're all in this like triangle together. And so I'm guessing you probably have partnerships. I could be wrong with people that maybe you refer or does it just happen that this happened that we all just happen to know the same people and work together, but you don't do copy and you need copy for websites. So do you refer people? Do you have any partnerships with people? Is that part of your business? Yeah. So that's a great question. And honestly, and this is something I even teach in my course. So I basically do very informal, you know, I'm using air quotes right now, but like partners. So I basically just just tell people who I like fully trust and I don't get really anything out of it. And I'm sure I could restructure things in a way that I do, but honestly, it's just one of those things. I feel like, you know, whenever we look at it, it's just because we're all kind of the same type of people. We all kind of work the same and we're all just kind of like attracted to that work style in each other. And so I always recommend like whenever people need photographers or people for copy, like I have a couple people, you know, like Erica and a girl Becca I work with like that. I always go to and recommend And so I always just really do it in that way where I'm like, I don't really get a referral fee or anything like that from it. And I even tell people that I'm like, I truly just believe in their work. And I just truly like love the way they work and believe, you know, in what they're doing. And so I kind of have have always done it that way, but people are constantly, you know, they are constantly sending me people. I'm constantly sending them people. So it's almost like, it's just almost like worked for itself. Even if I'm not getting like a, Hey, like 20% referral fee or, you know, flat rate or anything. It's just been like, I'm going to send you people because I believe in your work and you're, you can send me people because you believe in my work. Because like you said, like they're all building blocks off of each other. And I found that that just works really, really well. So yeah, like I, I really haven't, I've even thought about doing something like that again. I used to do like a referral program and basically like, if you did refer people to me, you got like 10% of the project um, in cash or you could get 15% in a credit. But I just found that I honestly didn't even need to do that anymore because I was referring people so much and vice versa that it was almost just kind of like working itself. 
Yes. And I love that you said like, we're all attract, we're all similar. So we're all attracted to each other. And this is so true because I tell everyone I don't do referral fees because I know if I refer someone, they get a client, the universe is just going to come back and give me that two times. Absolutely. And so you are so like, this is what I love about the podcast and who we work with is because you're so right is we attract the person we are. And so when you are someone who's going to give and suggest without expecting any thing in return, you're going to attract other people that are going to do that for you. And there's so much power in that. So Karima, thank you for that. I love to wrap this up with some rapid fire. So it doesn't have to be the first thing that comes to your mind or the first word, but it is the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Tell me your favorite part of your business. My favorite part of my business is definitely like watching people after the launch, like you, I look at your feed all the time, like how you've executed your branding. It is just so happy and like satisfying to me to see like everyone's kind of like own take on the branding that I create. Oh, I love it. That's so fun. Okay. Tell me what does success mean to you? I think for me, it means just being able to, and I think for a lot of people, you know, just being able to like actually feel like I am having a business that supports my life and not the opposite way around and like being able to actually just live and have fun and enjoy my life. I love it. And what is one choice your business has given you that you wouldn't have had at a nine to five? Oh my gosh. There are so, so many, but definitely just the, just the ability to like travel the world and be able to learn what it means to like actually, you know, embrace myself in other cultures and be able to do my work off a laptop and be free and schedule my doctor's appointments in the middle of the day without having to take time off and just being able to not worry about like getting fired or not making paychecks or anything like that. Just having that like financial freedom. I love it. And final question, what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? Oh my gosh, probably HoneyBook, honestly. HoneyBook and Loom. HoneyBook has just, like you said, made everything so much easier, saved so many, so many back and forth interactions and just been like a, you know, be all system for me. I love it. Well, Krima, thank you so much for coming on. And I know my audience is going to want to connect with you. So what is the best way to connect with you? Yeah, I'm always on Instagram at Krima.creative. Um, KarimaCreative.com. You can always see, you know, what what I have going on. I also have a podcast, Creative Minds Think Alike. But yeah, I'm always, always on Instagram. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Y'all, how stinking good was Karima? Oh my goodness. I love the no pause clause. I love that she has a fee if you don't get her her stuff, how she keeps her business simple using things like Loom, a phone call, and HoneyBook. There was so much gold in this and how she appreciates not having to have partnership referral programs in place, but just referring because you know amazing service providers and know that the universe will provide that back to you. So much gold. Make sure you reach out to Krima. Let her know your takeaways. And we will link up everything in the show note, including Karima's information. We'll also link up to WOW onboarding experience because we talked about that. And we'll link up a special discount code for you to get HoneyBook at a 50% discount. One of my favorite tools. So go out this week, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the six-figure year you deserve. 
Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.